0: welcome back to the tango banter i am elizaveta and it is good to be back with you guys i took a little hiatus last week for a good reason but um I did not have an episode last week, so did you miss me? Um, But also, this whole podcasting thing is uh, very technical, because this is actually a different episode that I'm having to record, because the episode that I recorded uh, that was meant to be posted this week, once I listened to it, it had this really annoying... Buzzing sound that wasn't there before, and um, I had to switch to a different mic. And here I am, channeling a different episode altogether. And you know, podcasting is like tango, I guess. <laughs> Everything is like tango because requires so much uh, patience, and there's so many bells and whistles to account for, and so many. Things to understand. So, um, since I am a a one-woman show here, sometimes things don't go as planned, and I'm having to learn all of these things as I go. So, I appreciate your patience and those of you who have been reaching out and encouraging me and sending me technical support or ideas. Just know I really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to more of that. So feel free to reach out to me on social media at I'm So Tango or email me at connect at tango.com. Now, as I said last week, I went uh, a little MIA, and uh, I've had a few things uh, in the works, and I just want to take a moment to share with you uh, some of the upcoming events that i am involved in and hosting as uh, some of you have heard that uh, next week on june 4th june 4th i'll be hosting dj davin quinn who's going to do a seminar on vinyl tango on vinyl now if you're not familiar with tango and vinyl and don't really know what the big deal is i relate to that because when i uh, was dancing even for five six years i really wasn't aware of anything special about it and i had many opportunities to go to a vinyl malanga and i would just turn them down because i didn't really think anything was special but a couple of years back right around pre-COVID this time of year. Um, in 2019, I was at the LA Tango Marathon and Davin Quinn DJed alongside Adam Cornett, at emilonga milonga on a Saturday afternoon. And for the first time, it really sunk in how special it is to hear tango um, on vinyl records. And it was kind of incredible. People at the end of the milonga after every time that people would applaud and i don't think it was because the music was that unfamiliar or new but because it just sounded so incredible so and i recently uh finally got to hear a couple of records that i got as a gift back in buenos aires in 2015 uh, and they've been sitting on my shelf for all these years but we finally, my genius boyfriend, got our record player to work uh, which I inherited from from a friend uh, so it's working now and for the first time I heard these records and yesterday I got to play some of these songs on vinyl to my uh, Practica group just to see how they reacted and the word that came up first to describe this which i think is the perfect word uh to to describe this experience is majestic the music sounds majestic there's just something so special about the quality of the sound and that you can hear the space between the instruments and you can hear The energy of the musicians through the instruments so much more closely on vinyl than you do in a digital track so if you've ever been curious about why and how and what and where and when of vinyl uh, tango then I invite you to check out this seminar with Davin Quinn who's going to share with us the Nitty gritty of what we need to know about vinyl, how to collect it, where to look for it, and what makes it um, what makes it so cool. So that's going to be June fourth, uh, Saturday, uh, and then a week after that is a very special weekend. Saturday the eleventh, uh, will be our last Earth Virtual Malonga. So those of you who've uh, participated uh, over the last couple of years and those of you who might not know about it you're all invited uh to this last earth virtual malanga number 50. so we started this event right at the start of the pandemic and ran it all the way through now and every time we host three different djs from three different spots around the world who play music for an hour and uh it's a party You know, and we get to listen to really amazing music. We get to chat, and some people dance on camera. Some people just sit and drink wine on camera. So you can check it out uh, at earthvirtualmalonga.com. It's a free event, but we encourage donations because in addition to this event being free, I always wanted to make sure that we still compensate uh, the DJs and the people who are... Sharing their talent with us. Uh, so, anyway, Earth Virtual Malonga, June 11, 12, uh, sorry, 1 to 4 30 p.m. You can learn more about it at earthvirtualmalonga.com. And then finally, that following Tuesday, I am starting to teach an online course, a four part musicality series. And this is a course that's been in the making for quite some time, and I've been teaching this material to my students here in L.A., to people in workshops, uh, like I did recently in Portland. And I'm finally bringing it to uh, the rest of the world and sharing this information with people who are far away from me. So... This musicality course uh, is really focused on teaching you to learn to recognize orchestras and to understand the differences between them, understanding the different styles of tango, and then discovering how you, as a dancer, want to develop your own musicality taste your own musicality styling so I always say that every person who begins to dance and becomes a dancer whether tango or anything we have kind of our own personal default setting that dictates how we like to move best and what music resonates with our bodies so this course is kind of like a primer to give you a broad general overview of uh, the tango music history a little bit to put it in historical context and then to understand how you can begin to express this music both on the dance floor as well as perhaps if you are interested in djing at some point um, you will have tools to begin that exploration of it's like to put together a playlist for malangas or if you don't want to dj a malanga necessarily you might want to be able to dj a house party because you know you can have people over and you can put a random playlist on spotify or pandora but you know there's something really nice about having a curated playlist and Um, after working with over 60 DJs over the past two years uh, from around the world, I really have come to believe two things. Number one, DJs are so important to tango. I feel like I have learned more about the tango music in the last two years than I have in all years prior, simply because I had a chance to work with such different uh DJs coming from very different backgrounds and bringing in their own flavors so it's so fun to realize how much um, how much richness there is when we uh, listen to music that's curated when there's a little bit of a theme and a cohesiveness to the playlist that we're hearing And the second thing that I am really convinced of is that we need more DJs. We really do. And there are so many people out there that I talk to or I watch dancing or I hear them say something and I'll say, and I'll think to myself, oh my God, they would be a perfect DJ. They just have the DJ mindset. But, you know, where do you start? How do you even get into it? I mean, I've DJed a little bit in uh, my previous years i had a my dj alter ego dj meow oh never get it (laughs) and of course my (laughs) my theme uh song was el gato by donato which i don't like that song anymore but uh that was kind of cute i would wear little ears on my head and people would meow at me when they danced it was very cute but djing uh you know it's it's uh, some people are just wired for it. And I, uh, I don't know if I am or not, but I, I do know what it means to um, really be into it. And some people ha- have a real gift for hearing music in a certain way and, and translating that and curating that for us. So I believe we need more people to do that because every person is going to have their own very different style and different uh, reading of the music and the more variety we have the better it is Um, so this course is for people who are interested in any of that if you resonated with any of these themes I recommend you check it out the course runs from June 14th until July 5th so it's a I'm holding it on Tuesdays uh, from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time, but if you can't attend live, all the sessions will be recorded and they will be available, and you will have uh, curated playlists and homework and exercises, so you'll have a lot of tools to use to integrate this material uh, to get you up to date with some of these themes so you can, uh, really enjoy music uh, in a new way and use it to your advantage so that's my substantial plug there for everything I'm doing everything um, is on my website you can find all the information at I'm SoTango.com and uh, or reach out to me by social media if you have questions now uh, my last episode was about going to Buenos Aires and whether one should or should not. And I had asked you um, if you wanted me to talk about what to do if you do decide to go to Buenos Aires. So I am fulfilling the request that some of you sent in to talk about that. So I'll give you a little bit of a rundown in my experience and some of my suggestions, but also a little bit of a disclaimer, I haven't been to Buenos Aires since 2018. So some things might have changed, but I do know that I went there in 2015 and then I went there in 2018. And I was really surprised by how similar everything was. So even back then, I was like, wow, things don't change here very much. So I definitely acknowledge that there's been COVID and there's been some changes to the community there and some of the venues have closed, but in terms of the how to organize your trip and what to look out for and what to consider, I think those things are going to apply still pretty well. However, some of you listening, perhaps you've been to Buenos Aires since COVID and maybe you've, maybe you've talked to somebody who's been there. And if you want to send in some suggestions um, for best practices of what it means to go to Buenos Aires now, and if you have resources that I don't mention, uh, go ahead and, and send those to me because I'm thinking I'm going to put this in a... Uh, blog article format as well um, after this episode airs so it will be a kind of a a more current reflection of um, you know advice uh, of what to do when you go so uh, let me just say let's start with that there's different ways you can approach going there first of all you could go there by yourself so just solo trip Uh, booking the trip on your own, uh, renting a room somewhere or an apartment and doing everything solo. So that's one way. Second way is you could go with the group. So there's teachers and organizers who have programs where they take a whole group of people to Buenos Aires for a particular uh, period of time that's your second option and then the third option is to do kind of like a hybrid uh, experience where you might go by yourself but then you stay at a place where there's a lot of community and you end up meeting different people so those are kind of like three main options so some of what I'll talk about applies to all of them but um i guess let me just say the drawbacks of each one of them because you might Mm -hmm. make decisions based on that so when you go by yourself um, you have the most flexibility and it's really nice to have your own time your own um, schedule and not be tied to anyone so that's, that's something i really like but you might feel kind of isolated and you might not know where to go and what might happen uh, which kind of happened to me a little bit when i was there is that you might create a very small um, uh, lineup of malangas for yourself like you'll end up going to the same malangas all the time because if you're by yourself you're kind of feel a little bit um, detached, and so you're looking to plug in somewhere, and so once you do, you kind of just keep going there, and you end up kind of locked in to a, 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 you know, experiences that, um, um, that you might, you know, you might not know what else is out there. And so that kind of happened to me. I ended up going to the same along as every single week, seeing the same people and by the time i left afterwards i was like oh there's all these other events and all these other things to explore that i didn't know about um, the second option if you end up going with the group that's really great because you don't have to worry about anything in terms of um, people to dance with or finding your way to Malonga or to a Malonga. there's usually some touristy things thrown in there so if you want a fully curated experience and you don't want to worry about finding uh, your own um, uh, finding your own niche it's like you're okay with going with the group then that's a really good option but the downside is then you are on their schedule right so you you'll kind of be with people a, a lot and it's a much more like extroverted way of doing it um, so I'm an introvert, so I tend to want a lot of time to myself, but there are some people who really thrive on being part of a group, so I would say if you are kind of like that, that's a really nice way of going, and especially if it's your first time, it's really great to just put it on someone else to organize it for you, and um, yeah, and then, you know, it's great. I I know that um, Maria Oliveira, who is a DJ and a an amazing tango scholar in Buenos Aires. She's a teacher and she does these tours. So you can look her up, Maria Oliveira. She's in Buenos Aires. Um, okay, so then the hybrid. Uh, if you go, you can stay at tango hotels. So, the couple of hotels that I know are still active, that I really uh, admire and love what they've created, they have great communities. One is La Maleva. La Maleva is like a little boutique hotel, and they have a a space downstairs where they host events. So there's classes, and there's a practica uh, there just during the summer uh, on Fridays, and um, it's really lovely. Uh, It's a beautiful space, a hand handmade, (laughs) decorated, Uh, the owner, Mariana Dragone, is a beautiful dancer, she's a teacher there, so um, staying there is really nice, it's like a three or four story building, they have a rooftop, and so you get to meet a lot of people who are coming through, you can go downstairs, participate in class, you can um, go upstairs and hang out with people, and that way you're, you're always kind of meeting new people, and those people are inviting you to go to places or telling you about different events Uh, so that's a really nice way so you come in by yourself but then you're kind of plugged into a community the downside again is just if you're more introverted and you need a lot of quiet time uh, staying at a place like that it's a little bit more dynamic there's a lot more going on a lot more people going through more noise so that might be kind of a Uh, drawback the other uh, hotel that I know uh, Casa del Sol they've been around for a long time and I believe they now have a new space Uh, so they're uh, also a a really beautiful hotel and uh, I do recommend you check them out Uh, now I know there's other places like that I am sorry I don't know them off the top of my head and if so that's one thing if you know of places and you want to share them with me? Um, go ahead and email that to me or send me a message because I'd love to know what else is out there right now. There, um, so okay. So those are the three ways that you can uh, go. Now, in terms of other recommendations, you might consider time of year. I've been to Buenos Aires both in the winter and in the summer, and they both are very difficult. <laughs> I don't recommend either <laughs> in the winter uh, it's much less crowded and it's cheaper but most of the teachers are gone because they go that's the summer in Europe so they go to teach uh, in in Europe a lot of the dancers are not there although in August I believe uh, there's somebody told me that that's a good time to go if you're working professionally or you're looking to really work with um, very kind of advanced professional level dancers who are training for the Mundial or something Uh, I think in August is the time when a lot of them come because of the the schedule of the competitions that they're participating so if you are on that track you might look at going in August but for me the summer or the winter in Buenos Aires the city is very depressing it's very it's it's kind of like concrete jungle there's not much nature it's pretty polluted and dirty and um very loud and so it can be pretty depressing in the winter but you know, if if that doesn't bother you, if uh, you're kind of a urban creature anyway, and you've lived in places like New York, and you're okay with that, then that might not be a big deal. It's just for me, it was, um, yeah, I don't I don't like being cold. Uh, you know, I prefer prefer warmth. But then, going there in the middle of the summer. So the last time I went, I was there in January, and I I'm never gonna go back there in January. That was a mistake. It was excruciatingly hot. And a lot of the venues either don't have air conditioning or they don't have uh, substantial um, air conditioning systems to handle the amount of people who are there. So, you know, you're constantly dealing with being really, really sweaty, and then other people sweat just dripping onto your face. I remember this was in DNI, which DNI was a great uh, tango place that closed during COVID, unfortunately, but they had a practica on the top floor, and it's in the middle of the summer, and there's no AC, and there's just like these little windows that are open, and I remember I'm dancing with somebody, and there's just these drip drops of sweat that are dropping on my forehead, on my face, and I'm like, I don't know. Sweat is—it is it is, like I'm just covered. And I had to leave after that tanda because I was just too disgusted. So uh, there's a lot of that during the summer, just dealing with the elements. The heat is very oppressive. The city is, um, again, during the summer, like for a period of time, a lot of people leave the city, so it's a little bit quieter, but when they come back, oh my gosh, it's like so much more traffic and it's more polluted. Um, so I would suggest uh, my favorite time to go is in the spring so if you can manage going around I would say beginning of November maybe end of November December like that time period that's a really really nice time to go because it's getting warmer but it's not too hot and people are coming in from uh, Europe they're you know the high season is just starting people are just starting to arrive and there's a lot of excitement in the air and then i would just leave (laughs) you know before january gets there so that would be uh, my suggestion the other thing to consider this is something that i don't think anyone who's never been to buenos aires really understands but once you're once you stay there for a few days you you kind of it dawns on you is that the city the culture is very different when it comes to thinking about time and things are just not on time in any way if it's on time it's like unusual so you know there's no bus schedule I mean maybe there is now but back then when I was there there was no bus schedule that was like, reliable, you know, it might tell you that the bus is supposed to come, but whether it comes or not was just, like, a question. And things would close, you know, you have to go get your clothes washed. And you have this one hour where you're going to go do a couple of errands and you're going to pick up your laundry. Well, they're closed, so you have to, like, change all of your plans. So (laughs) I remember the last time I was there, uh, a friend of mine actually... Uh, came into town for the first time and and so she's new to the city and so one day she wakes up in the morning and she's like oh I'm I'm gonna go run this errand and I'm gonna go over here and buy some shoes and I'm gonna go do over this and then I'll see you in class and I was like yeah good luck with that and sure enough when I saw her in class she was so frustrated she was only able to do one of the four things she had lined up and she was just like over it (laughs) she was so frustrated so it is that kind of a city you will have you know one thing that you can do during the day because otherwise you're dancing right so you're not getting up early in the morning so you have the afternoon perhaps to do some errands do some shopping so you know if you think it's going to take you half an hour to do something where you live now, add an hour to that minimum uh, just to account for traffic or bus changes or train schedule changes or other things coming up. It's, uh, that's just the way it is. Um, so be prepared uh, for that aspect of it. Um, beyond that, um, the rest of the questions is always gonna be like how to know how to find the place where you get the most dances how to find your your niche your your place where you get that thing that you're after and everybody ends up finding their their place I think um, as long as you're kind of open to possibilities uh, the city and the tango culture once you release yourself to it it will take you from place to place and you'll end up connecting with people uh, very quickly if if um, you're not too uh, guarded, uh, it's not it's not that hard. But I would say if you're going as a woman, something that I experienced as a woman in my thirties is that there's a lot of male energy coming at you, a lot of catcalling. Um, that's again that's the culture. Uh, they're gonna hit on you and make propositions and invite you over to their house and. And that happened to me a lot. The last time I was there, when I went there the second time, I was in a relationship, so I had a very big kind of guard up, and I didn't really. There was just no opportunity for people to really approach me. But when I went as a single woman, I had a little bit more of like, mm, I'm gonna, just gonna experience the city. I'm just gonna see what it's like to be a single woman in Buenos Aires. (laughs) very quickly i i learned what it was and i was over it (laughs) so just be mindful of that because tango in addition to being a cultural heritage a piece of cultural heritage as well as an art form and as well as a community uh, glue it's also a party scene it is also a hookup scene for sure, much more so in Buenos Aires than anywhere in the world. Uh, People do go there with the intention of finding somebody to spend time with, you know, and and there's no problem with that. I think uh, tango can serve many roles and many purposes for people, but um, I would suggest just being aware of that and you know, having a strategy, whether you want that kind of attention or not, because sometimes it can get a little bit overwhelming. Um, and uh, in, s- in terms of studying tango, so some people go to Buenos Aires to just dance. Some people go to dance, buy shoes, and, <laughs> and uh, take classes. Uh, so I've done a little bit of everything. Um, in terms of classes, you know, the best value, the best deal used to be to go to dni um, and unfortunately they've closed i don't know they still might have their store uh, where they sell their brand clothing and, and shoes but i don't know if they have um, a class location so they used to have a lot of classes and it was really affordable for foreigners so it was a really great deal you gotta pass and you can just go to class every day but I know that Mariana Dragone is still teaching, and she's hosting teachers at Dalmaleva, Leva, so that's a really great spot, and she is known for bringing in incredible, really great teachers, and a lot of times it's very small groups of people, so you get a lot of one-on-one attention. Um, You can also reach out to teachers specifically and um, book a set of privates, which is what I did last time, I studied with Pablo Inza and Sofia Soborido, some of my favorite dancers. So I, before going there, contacted them and booked 10 private sessions with them. So that way I had guaranteed time with them when I got there. Uh, the other strategy is to go to group classes before milongas. However, the drawback is that you might want to have a partner because otherwise it's really hard to get enough out of it because you keep switching with people and everybody's different levels and some of it is in Spanish some of it is in English so it's it's kinda hard to benefit um, from managing all these different things so if you have a dedicated partner going to the class that's much better Uh, so that's uh, something to consider and um, otherwise I think I can't think of any other ways um the tango the tango school that is escaping my mind right now that's like in the galleria mall there's a there's a school of tango or something like that i'm sorry it's not coming to my (laughs) mind right now um that's also available that's like a big place to go i think that's where i went uh first so so again if you know of places good places to go study tango in Buenos Aires right now or teachers that you want to recommend send them my way and i'll compile a list that's a little bit more comprehensive this is just kind of what uh, i've done in the past my strategy when i was first going was to take as many classes as possible then i switched to really kind of just doing privates and maybe one class here and there and, and then eventually it became, I just went for dancing. So for some of you who are not really interested in classes and it's all about the dancing, then you know your schedule can be going to uh, milongas in the evenings and then going to milongas at night that last until 6 a.m. and then you sleep and you wake up <laughs> at noon or one and then you do it all over again. So you can decide, kind of how you uh, want to experience tango and um, for me it was always really hard to juggle the night nighttime schedule of dancing with classes so even though i was able to do it sometimes like i would dance until two or three in the morning wake up at 8 a.m and take a train for an hour to take a ballet for tango dancers class (laughs) you know like it was insane and I did it sure I did it I was able to do it but I was so tired and it was so unpleasant and I was so uncomfortable and I was so um just bitchy and and complaining like I wasn't enjoying myself because it was just such a grueling schedule so I do recommend that you kind of choose one or the other or blend them in such a way that you have a lot of time to rest because it's that's one thing that I noticed every time I went there is just just being in the city is demanding enough it's it, for me at least it was it was really tough that that city is very tough to endure um, for my <laughs> Pacific Northwest Portland hippie <laughs> palette and so for other people it's like no big deal and they love it and there's nothing they would they want more than to be in that city so if you feel that way then you're that's your place but for those of you who might resonate more with my uh my vibe and you you relate to me uh, in certain ways then um, think about ways that you can support your experience there so it's not so physically grueling because you do get sick that's the other thing you know I yeah that's something to think about now because by the time I was there my the second time I was there for six months and at the end of my stay there on my fifth month I was sick all the time my immune system was shot I was getting colds all the time and now we have COVID to deal with and I just Uh, heard from two people who went to Buenos Aires and got COVID while in Buenos Aires um, at you know dancing tango so it's a real thing so I would go prepared I would go with supplements lots of supplements vitamin c um, any kind of thing that you really need like like stevia for example like I I had to travel with stevia because I tend to not want to eat sugar and um, you know things like that so make sure you have that support and um, if you are traveling and you're afraid of getting sick then you know pretend you know what are you gonna do if you do get sick like what kind of stuff do you need Uh, wellness formula you know just whatever tricks you have up your sleeve. I would go prepared uh, for that. So, okay, all right, this is it. This is what I have to say about going to Buenos Aires. Um, What else should I add to this list? Uh, Give me a shout out and tell me uh, what you think I should include or what other questions you might have. And uh, yes, I am planning to go too. I would love to go. I would love to go this year, but if it doesn't happen this year, definitely next year in in the fall, I think it will be really wonderful. And, um, okay. We'll chat next week uh, at another Tango Banter. Until then, ciao!